Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. I am here with you On a Friday, as the NFL Week 10 has returned, and if you stayed up last night watching that Chargers and Raiders game, you may have been thinking to yourself, you know what? It feels like Clay Travis and his crew looked into the future because we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about what the future of Phillip Rivers was. He turns 38 next month. And the question that has to be asked is, what are the Chargers going to do given the fact that he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year? And we said coming into this game, if the Chargers could win, they get to 5-5, and they've got a huge game coming up against the Kansas City Chiefs, and then they go into their bye week, and they theoretically could find themselves in the mix for a playoff spot. On the flip side, the Raiders sitting at 4-4, and that schedule really opens up for them after this game. If you think on the Raiders' side, you beat, win this game, then you've got the 10 days to get ready for the Bengals, who have basically mailed in their entire season. And then you go on the road against the Jets. So there's a decent chance that you could get to 7-4 and four with a game coming up against the Chiefs. And a couple of very winnable home games down the stretch before all is said and done. And I feel like watching this game, yes, the Raiders won, but the Chargers totally choked it away. Phillip Rivers was absolutely awful. The Raiders kept leaving the door open for the Chargers to grab the win, and the Chargers couldn't do it. 
And I bet every Raiders fan out there on the planet, when the Raiders missed the extra point and left the door wide open with a minute to play for Phillip Rivers and the Chargers when all they needed to do was drive down the field, attempt a field goal, and win by one, I think every single Raiders fan expected for that to happen. Instead, Phillip Rivers looked old. He looked out of sorts. And he was unable to grab victory when it was right there waiting for him. And as a result, the Chargers fall to 4-6 and six now. And I feel as if the Chiefs next week can effectively put all the dirt on the Charger grave. And there will be a lot of questions to answer for the Chargers in the offseason. On the flip side, John Gruden was ripped to the high heavens for his arrival with the Raiders, for his decision to trade Khalil Mack, for his decision to trade Amari Cooper. And then, all offseason, for the ridiculousness of the Antonio Brown situation in Oakland. And all he's managed to do in year two is exceed already the expectations that existed for the Raiders and surge to 5-4 and four with, as I just said, two very winnable games against the Bengals and the Jets, the next two up on the Raiders' schedule, which frankly, you would be really disappointed if you lost either of those games if you are the Raiders, which means there's a good chance that after 11 weeks, the Raiders are going to be sitting at 7-4 and find themselves squarely in the wild card race and maybe... Maybe if the Chiefs don't play very well, squarely in the race for the AFC West title. So that is the big takeaway. If you miss some of the big plays, I think that Danny G has got several of them queued up. Last night's big win for the Raiders, which got them to 5-4 and four and put them in contention, given the next two for the playoffs down the stretch run of this season. Let's run through some of the big plays in case many of you had gone to bed or just were not paying attention last night. Rivers looking left, now back of the end zone, has Austin Eckler into the end zone, but there is a flag. It is signaled touchdown. There is a flag down at the goal line. As it stands right now, it's an Eckler touchdown. Look at Rivers. He is dancing off the field, looking at the Raiders' sideline, saying decline. Defense. That penalty is declined. The result of the play touchdown. Touchdown, Austin Eckler. And the Chargers go on top, 23-20. The Chargers show a nine-man front against this set the hand big hole first down end zone touchdown jacobs touchdown raiders would you believe it off the bench the offensive line blows the hole open against that nine-man box and jacobs takes it home roll tide baby rivers will take this snap back into the gun on the 25-yard line here's the snap backs it up pump fake gonna go deep Intercepted, it's over, baby! Over, baby! Carl Joseph's got it! The Raiders are in a chase for the playoffs! Yeah, baby! That's three interceptions here tonight! That is Britt Musburger uh, for the Raiders Network, and obviously that's Matt Money Smith, I believe, for the Chargers Radio Network, which is AM570 LA Sports, where many of you are listening in LA right now. Musburger, those calls are phenomenal. I mean, I miss that guy calling games so much. It's great to hear his voice and uh, hear him exult in such a way uh, because many people thought, you know, Brent Musburger basically disappeared when he decided to say, screw it, I'm leaving ESPN 
and just kind of walked away uh, midway through the college basketball season a few years ago. And now he's calling games for a playoff-relevant team, which a lot of people would not have believed coming into this game. But to me, the big takeaway is twofold here. I'll bring in the crew. We'll hear what they think. And by the way, we've got a loaded show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us on the Friday edition. I'll kick the coverage. Loaded show, but also a loaded weekend coming up. Uh, Later tonight, uh, I'm headed down to Tuscaloosa to go watch LSU Alabama uh, face-to-face with my nine-year-old who's turned into a big Alabama fan. So I can't wait for that. The biggest game of the weekend in college or the NFL going on down in Alabama. It's funny, Brent Musburger said, roll tide, baby, on the Josh Jacobs touchdown, uh, which is a great call uh, as the Raiders took the lead in last night's game. And uh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in that one. We've got up in Minnesota, the biggest game in Golden Gopher uh, football since the 1960s. The first time, it's the first time since the 1960s, they've had two top 15 teams uh, matched up in Minnesota. Uh, the other wild thing is this is the first time Minnesota has been 8-0 since 1941. So as big of a game as you can imagine in Minnesota with Penn State traveling up there and uh, just lots of storylines in general that we will be diving into in both the NFL and college football as we move through uh, today's three-hour program. But I want to go ahead and bring in the crew to discuss what I think are the two big stories here. Number one, the Raiders alive for the playoffs. But number two... What in the world do the Chargers do with Phillip Rivers based on this kind of performance that they just got last night, given the fact that I think it's highly likely that they follow this performance up with that game in Mexico and lose there to fall to four and seven, and then the the Chargers really are in a difficult uh, position going forward. But we start with the Raiders. Should they be seven and four, Danny G, in two weeks? It sure seems that way. They are dealing with quite a few injuries and then a couple more last night, including Carl Joseph, who made that game-winning interception, and he came down awkwardly on top of the Charger receiver. He limped off Even though you're a Chargers fan, do you agree that the Chargers, I mean, a Raiders fan, do you agree that the Chargers gave away this game? Because Daniel Carlson missed that extra point and there was still a minute on the clock, I thought that the Chargers were going to at least attempt a long field goal. That is the first missed point, by the way, from Daniel Carlson as a Raider. For two seasons, he's been perfect. That was super surprising that he missed that kick. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the Raiders, for their fan base, they never make it comfortable with any of the Ws. It's always you're sitting on the edge of your seat. For me, I was standing, and I actually muted Joe Buck. I was listening to that call. Roll Tide, baby. Roll Tide, baby. I was listening to that live on the Raiders radio network as it happened, which was pretty outstanding. Brent Musburger, he is a national treasure. Um, so that that was awesome. But your point is well taken about your boy, Philip Rivers. Please stick up for your take yesterday where you came to the conclusion that you thought the Chargers should give him a three-year, $103 million contract. Well, I don't think that's 103. I said three-year, $100 million contract. I mean, I, I, I think that, uh, and I'm going to bring in Eddie Garcia, who is a Chargers fan. My take was that the Chargers don't have any other options. They have no fan base. They yeah. have no really recognizable talent on their team. They're trying to sell tickets for people to come to uh, to be like what I described as the side chick on the new stadium that is mostly being built for the Rams. And they need a reason for people to believe in them. 
I think this is a really tough loss for the Chargers, particularly because I believe it will be followed by a loss against the Chiefs down in Mexico, which will make them four and seven. And it wasn't just the way the fact that they lost; it was the way they lost. I mean, Philip Rivers gave this game away. He was atrocious. Three turnovers uh, from him alone, zero by the uh, Raiders. That's the difference in this game. But it could have been more. You saw two yeah, other interceptions. Yeah, he, he threw at least five interceptions, and then two others were were tipped and almost picked off. So yeah, there were seven uh, attempts at interceptions. And the one where they called Max Crosby in the neutral zone, at that point I was listening to the Fox broadcast crew, and they circled the line of scrimmage. They couldn't find where Max Crosby was in the neutral zone. So Dr. Flag and his crew threw one there that nobody really understood. That should have been Eric Harris's third pick of the game. Yeah, all right. So, Eddie, you're a Charger season ticket holder. This feels like the Titanic for the Chargers. I mean, this was just a, a woeful performance in a game they had to win effectively kind of kills the season we had that big discussion yesterday uh, yesterday and I said you know what I feel like the Chargers don't have any other option other than to extend Phillip Rivers what do you think coming out of this game well I know on sports talk radio we have to overreact to what happens but it doesn't change my opinion at all unless he's going to play the rest of the season like he played last night which I don't think anyone would anticipate yeah he was he was awful and that last drive I was he was completely atrocious. dumbfounded at why he continued to try and throw the ball 30 yards down the field instead of taking what the, the defense is going to give him, a little you know, 5, 10 yards, throw it to the running back out of the backfield, get yardage to get in the field goal range. But anyway, uh, it, it doesn't change my opinion. I think they still have to sign him for all the reasons we talked about yesterday, unless this is the guy we see the rest of the way, which I don't think it'll be. So you still, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of on your opinion as well. I, I, I don't change what I said yesterday, which is, I don't know what other options the Chargers have. I mean, I, I suppose if you wanted to be drastic and try to get a lot of attention, you could allow Phillip Rivers to leave because he's 38 years old, and you could try to pursue Cam Newton and just say, hey, we think Cam at whatever he is, 31 years old, is a younger, uh, better quarterback right now than Phillip Rivers, and we would get a lot of attention because Cam would probably like the opportunity to play in L.A., that's really the only option I see other than let Phillip Rivers go. And if the team truly tanks and you've got a top 10 pick, which may actually be in play, and you love one of these quarterbacks, maybe you go ahead and make the decision to go with a young quarterback. Uh, but that seems to be a uh, unlikely position given that we know that the Dolphins and the Bengals are both going to be at the very top of the draft board. And it seems very, very likely that both of those teams are going to take guys, which, by the way, speaking of this game going on Saturday down at Alabama and a reaction, an overreaction that can occur to one game, if Joe Burrow comes out and he plays like he did on the road against Texas, and if he plays like he has all season long, there are going to be a lot of people who say, and, and I might be one of them, Joe Burrow should be the overall number one pick in the NFL draft. This is a big swing game, right, for LSU and Alabama. The Heisman's at stake between Tua and Joe Burrow. You've got uh, the decision over who's going to win the SEC West, likely who's going to win the SEC, who is going to advance to the playoff. All of those things at stake uh, in Tuscaloosa on Saturday, but also big NFL draft uh, reaction because this is the kind of big-time game where draft stock gets swung in one direction or another. Great example of this, and sometimes that's a bad decision, but before Vince Young's national title performance, 
against USC back in 2006, in January of 2006, there's no way he would have been the first quarterback off the board. I, I really firmly believe that. Uh, and then he went out and ran for 200 and threw for 200 and maybe the greatest college football performance of my life to win a national championship for Texas. And Bud Adams said, we got to take him. And he took him number three overall. It's the first quarterback in uh, the 2006 draft for the Titans. And I don't think VUI would have gone that high if he hadn't performed like he did on the big stage in that Rose Bowl game against undefeated USC. And so this is the kind of game for Joe Burrow that could put him in the mix to be the overall number one pick over Tua, depending on how he performs. Now, Tua, if he comes out and guns it all over the field and looks healthy after that sprain, he can also solidify himself for the Heisman Trophy, I believe, and also go out and grab uh, the value here uh, for uh, for Alabama as both the SEC West, the SEC, and the national champion uh, into the playoffs. So all of that at stake here. And I think the fallout could be substantial. Dub, what was your big takeaway from this game, this performance from the uh, the Chargers and the Raiders? Well, first of all, this was my first time betting the Raiders this season, and what a wild ride that was. 20 penalties combined for 167 yards both ways. It was a mess. It seemed like every single touchdown for both teams, there was a flag on the field, and it made it tough to watch and you know celebrate or whatever you want to call it because you're just sitting there watching thinking – all right, well, is this getting called back? Is this going to stand? Did so you have Raiders one. money line, or did you have Raiders at the points? I took the one and a half points because I got burned by the Seahawks-Rams game earlier yeah. this season on yeah, Thursday too. night, so yeah. I learned my lesson there. But in terms of Phillip Rivers and the Chargers and what they should do, they're in a tough spot because, I mean, they can't be going into that new stadium with no face of the franchise and no quarterback. They're already struggling to sell those tickets, so... Yeah. Even though we saw Phillip Rivers really struggle last night, I kind of agree. I think they got to hold on to him or, or something because they can't be going into that brand new stadium and not being able to sell any tickets as is with Phillip Rivers and going in there with no face, kind of in a you know Cincinnati Miami type situation. So it's a tough call, but I think he's probably going to end up staying. Yeah, the side chick franchise is what I would call the Chargers right now. Like nobody really is that committed to them in Los Angeles, uh, but the only thing they have going for him is Phillip Rivers, so I think he's kind of got, even though he played awful, I still think he's got the franchise by the balls. I don't know what else they can do. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts 
people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their pirelli test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be what is available in all areas? How about OutKick? Appreciate all of you starting off your morning with us. Big time win for the Oakland Raiders last night. We got a couple of great calls I want to play for you. If you're an old school, uh, I would say, maybe not even old school because it wasn't that long ago, fan of Brent Musburger over the years, you probably miss him on big game calls. Uh, and so this is pretty fun. Brent Musburger is the voice of the Oakland Raiders. Last night, Two big plays. Let's go ahead and hit them here. 
uh, for the winning score, Josh Jacobs scores from 18 yards out. It would stand up even with the missed extra point. Here's what it sounded like last night on the Raiders radio network. The Chargers show a nine-man front against this set. The hand, big hole, first down, end zone, touchdown, Jacobs, touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? Off the bench, the offensive line blows the hole open against that nine-man box, and Jacobs takes it home. Roll tide, baby. That is a phenomenal call by Brent Musburger on the touchdown run, 18 yards by Josh Jacobs. Would hold up because Phillip Rivers was awful in this game. We'll talk about that in just a sec, but... On that final drive, Phillip Rivers, they score with a minute and five seconds left to leave plenty of time for the Chargers to come back down the field and get a field goal to theoretically win it. But the Chargers have a totally incompetent final eight plays that culminates in this fourth down decision. Rivers will take this snap back into the gun on the 25-yard line. Here's the snap. Backs it up. Pump fake. Going to go deep. Intercepted. It's over, baby. Over, baby! Carl Joseph's got it! The Raiders are in the chase for the playoffs! Yeah, baby! That's three interceptions here tonight! That is Britt Musburger. Fantastic calls. The Raiders win to get to 5-4. and four. Effectively end, I believe, the Chargers season. That can officially become a reality on Sunday in Mexico City when you've got the Raiders and, uh, sorry, the Chargers going up against the Kansas City Chiefs unless that game gets rescheduled because the field's not good enough again, uh, which is what happened last year for the game that was supposed to be played in Mexico City. Uh, but that in and of itself is the potential end of the Raiders season. Could it be the end of Phillip Rivers with the Chargers? We don't really think so. We talked about that in hour one. We talked about it a lot yesterday. 38-year-old Phillip Rivers, unrestricted free agent, but given the fact that the Chargers are moving into a brand new football stadium in Los Angeles and having difficulty selling tickets already, it's hard to believe they would part with the head of their franchise, the only recognizable player for most people out there. Phillip Rivers has started every Chargers game since September 11th, 2006, but he was awful last night. Threw three interceptions, could have ended up with five, six, even seven in terms of the way he was throwing the ball around. Just an ugly, ugly performance. On the flip side, the Raiders get uh, the opportunity now, sitting at 5-4, and four, to win two more games. They've got the Bengals with 10 days to get ready for them. That should be an easy win. Then they go on the road against the Jets, who can't beat anybody. That should be an easy win, theoretically as well, which would get the Raiders to 7-4. and four. Danny G, you get 45 seconds to exalt. <laughs> That's it? Not a minute? No. All right. Uh, well, I'll give the Raiders defense some props because not did they only have the three interceptions that could have been, like you said, a few more. But how about the uh, the sacks? Five sacks. Cleland Furl finally showed up. Number four pick out of Clemson. Much maligned, though, because he hadn't done much so far this season. But he had two and a half sacks, five pressures. And then Mad Max, Max Crosby had ten pressures. The Raiders defensive line finally showed up in a major way in this game. So it was nice to see Oakland's defense win a game for a change. Yeah. Uh, all right. So big win for the Raiders. You would expect them to be seven and four now. Uh, Eddie Garcia, you get 45 seconds to lament the Chargers collapse. Well, there's not much to defend. I mean, they certainly had their chances to win that game, but 
as you mentioned, Philip Rivers really came up short in this one, to say the least. And as you mentioned also, that last drive was just atro- atrocious. Uh, I, I It really was shocking at how ineffective he was and the poor decisions that he made uh, when they all he needed was a field goal to win it, and he couldn't move them one yard. Uh, just really bad. All right, so we just talked about it at the end of hour one. But I think a lot of people are waking up and they're like, is this a real world? Ian Rappaport reporting that the NFL Network analyst and Hall of Famer Deion Sanders has emerged as a candidate for the Florida State head coaching job. Uh, a fascinating situation that could unfold. This to me is crazy. Now, if you want to say it's crazy like uh, Fox crazy or whatever, uh, you know, crazy with a method to the madness, certainly this has become a trend in college basketball. Penny Hardaway has put together a really good and talented team uh, of, uh, of of players at Memphis. Jawan Howard went back to Michigan and has become the head coach, former member of the Fab Five. We'll see how exactly that goes. Jerry Stackhouse has uh, been hired at Vanderbilt. In other words, the uh, sort of former NBA star has started to become a reality in college basketball with the idea being okay, these guys can go out and they can recruit at a high level. What I would say distinguishes that trend, which, by the way, hasn't been successful yet in terms of results. Penny Hardaway has got a heck of a recruiting class that he has put together at Memphis, but he hasn't made the NCAA tournament yet. It remains to be seen how Jawan Howard will do. We certainly have seen this happen a lot in the pros, and most of the time in the pros, it doesn't work, right? Every former stud most of the time who tries to become a head coach in pro basketball has not been that good same thing really in baseball and in uh in football in general the in general again the better a player you are the worse of a coach you have been uh but in college basketball this has become a trend now what I would distinguish is college basketball is much less complicated than college football uh, we have Bruce Pearl on the show a decent amount, and he said over the years, like, college basketball, you can get everybody into a van. Like, everybody who is on your team can get into a big van, and if you got to change uh, change things, like, say, a flight gets canceled, you can get a big van rented, everybody can pour in, and you can uh, you can get down. People who work in college athletics will say, hey, a basketball program is like a speedboat, right? If you've ever been in a speedboat, you can be out on the water, and you can easily turn and move in a different direction. A college football program is much more like an aircraft carrier. So you know how difficult it would be to get an aircraft carrier turned around because of how big of a venture that is in general. So the basketball program can adjust uh, on the fly pretty easily. A college football program is a lot more like an aircraft carrier. Imagine trying to turn that in a river, so to speak, like, it's a really, really delicate process. So this would be Florida State adopting the college basketball model and bringing it to bear in college football. You also, in Dion have a guy who has never really been a head coach on any kind of level suddenly taking over. The only way I can see this working, honestly, is if you went out and hired the best offensive and defensive coordinator imaginable for Deion Sanders, and he was the figurehead of the program in terms of being able to go out and try to recruit and everything else. Because in terms of implementing game plans, watching film, 
being all of those things that are typically instrumental and integral to the overall coaching process, I just don't see Dion doing it because he's never done it before. And because game plans are a lot more complicated in football than they are in basketball. If you have enough talented guys, you can win in basketball most of the time. Even an average guy. Like I coach Little League basketball. You could put me in charge of some of these college basketball programs and I could go out and coach a game when you look at the difference between talent oftentimes and win quite a few in college basketball. Like I could win most out-of-conference games, I think, for Memphis this year when they're not playing top 25 opponents just by showing up and putting my five best guys on the court and managing their minutes and their fouls and just telling them, hey, take good shots, right? Like we're going to work one-on-one. Dion to Florida State, to me, seems crazy risky. Like, off-the-charts level risky. Especially coming off of firing Willie Taggart, who didn't work out. This seems to me to be an incredibly important hire. I would imagine if you are a Miami fan or if you are a Clemson fan, you love the idea of Deion Sanders being the guy at FSU. Here's the other thing. I just don't know how hard Dion would work. Like, in order to be a head football coach in college, you have to work all the time. And a lot of great former athletes aren't very hard workers once their career is over. That's because they were able to excel based on their talent, and a lot of them don't develop really hard work ethics when it comes to anything outside of the world of athletics. They've had an advantage. They've had a gift. Dion could run a 4-2. I question how hard he had to work in order to become a stud in the NFL compared to, let's say, the average doctor or lawyer or grinding college football coach who starts as a GA at the age of 22 for no money and works his ass off for 20 years in order to have an opportunity one day to be a coordinator. Um, I just question in general how much hard work Deion Sanders is willing to put in here. What do you guys think about this? When you saw this news, Danny G, did you think it was real? Well, I thought it was real, but the first thing that came to my mind was this is like when Magic Johnson took the general manager job for the Lakers. Yeah. Because Magic... that, by the way, is easier than being a college football head coach. Right, because, you know, you're not on all these plane flights trying to recruit and do all the 90-hour work weeks your coach does with film. You're also not putting together game plans. Right. And so that was the first thing that came to mind is that we've heard stories about Dion kind of cakewalking through some of his broadcasting stuff yep. and being unprepared. Yes. He hasn't worked that hard since he was a player. Now, we know he worked really hard when he was playing both baseball and football at the same time, but that kind of work ethic he had back then, can he bring that to a Florida State-type job? I, I don't know. I mean, Even, Let me just say this. Athletes don't work that hard. Yeah. I mean, in general. Like, athletes work hard for athletes. Most of them have no idea what real work hard work is like if you told if you gave an investment banker right now there are probably some of them listening to us right now headed into to wall street uh if you said to an investment banker a young investment banker or a young lawyer hey you are going to flip jobs with a first round nfl draft pick you will do their job and they will do yours Who will tap out first in terms of the amount of hours and the difficulty of the job? I would be stunned beyond belief 
if the athlete didn't tap out first because you're working 100 plus hours in those investment banks and in those law firms when you're a 25 year old you know at the absolute bottom of the the flow chart and you almost get no time off right you can work hard let's say as an NFL player but you get months off right like when you are and I and people are like well they have to work out and stay in, it ain't that hard to work out and stay in shape when it's your only job you can only work out even if you're working out your ass off for a couple or three hours a day at the absolute most. And a lot of guys take substantial time off to allow their body to heal. So there's no comparison between the grind of being a player and the grind of being a professional in many different walks of life that are going on right now. Like most people, I really believe this, who are listening to us right now and are going into work have tougher jobs than pro athletes do. So Dion, I think, has no clue what being a head coach in college football would be like from a pure work perspective. I, I just really don't yeah. think so. That, well, in his defense, he was offensive coordinator at Trinity Christian Cedar Hill High School. And that was a disaster, right? Dion have a, a private school that uh, just imploded? Like, I don't even remember all the details, but I remember it being a scandal. I do remember some sort of scandal, too. I, I mean, I know he was doing that job because his son attended but, but didn't he create his own like private prep, school? Yeah, and, like a prep academy. I want to say, like the idea. Yeah, was the that school. It was, yeah, the school closed back in 2015 because of some kind of financial scandal. Because it was poorly managed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now you're going to give him a much bigger management job. This seems crazy. Yeah. Uh, what did you think when you saw this dub? Well, I was like you. I saw it this morning on Twitter, and I had to do a triple take because I wasn't sure what I was reading, if it was real or if I was still asleep, but. To me, I just there's just no way this happens. I mean, like you said, he doesn't have any coaching experience. He was the offensive coordinator for his son in high school. This is just seems outrageous to go from Bob Stoops and potentially Urban Meyer all the way down to now Deion Sanders. I feel like they skipped a dozen steps in between there. I, I just cannot believe this. Yeah, is Yeah, lots a thing. of guys who I mean, look, the FSU job is a good one. And again, I said I would hire Lane Kiffin. I think that's risky because he could be incredibly successful or it could not go well. Uh, but I think the home run potential is there. But you can get a solid single to left field if you hire Mark Stoops, right? You could go hire Brent Venables from Clemson, their defensive coordinator, another solid single. Dave Clawson, Wake Forest head coach, solid single. All guys who have been head coaches before. You could even swing for the fences and try to come out of your shoes and go get James Franklin to come down from Penn State. I don't think he would do it, but to me, going to Dion is just a sign that your search has not uncovered the kind of candidates that you were hoping would be interested in your job when you fired Willie Taggart after less than two years. Eddie Garcia, your thoughts? Yeah, when I saw this story first, I had to make sure that it was not a fake account that yeah. was uh, reporting it, and when you... Realized it was legitimate. Um, this is a, just an awful, awful idea. If, the, if Florida State is seriously considering this, um, you know, it's one thing for a guy like, I guess, Penny Hardaway to do it at Memphis where he has coached AAU and has all these amazing recruiting ties. You know, you get a couple of good players in basketball and, you know, you're basketball you're, is but, also so much easier to coach yeah, and, it's I, not, I and manage and everything else. Again, that analogy is one that athletic directors use all the time of like a basketball program is a speedboat. You can easily change directions with a basketball program. There are relatively few people involved. It's it's not a difficult management uh, process. 
the 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 uh, the idea of it being an aircraft carrier and trying to turn it in the middle of a river is the way that everybody conveys when they talk about football. I just think the details involved in running a football program, I mean, you have to be a great manager in addition to all the other aspects of that job. No, there's no doubt about it. And and this seems uh, like a wild idea to even explore at all. You know, it's funny, like the Tennessee coaching search, there was talk, Jason Witten, uh, who is now doing the, obviously back to playing for the Cowboys, but was at the time doing Monday Night Football, of him being interested. And there's been talk before. Uh, I'm using Tennessee as an example because the Tennessee coaching search devolved into a, a total clown show uh, in many ways uh, the last time they had a coaching search. But, and there's been talk before about, hey, Peyton Manning, you know, like bring him back and give him control of a program. I can see it if it's a guy like Peyton Manning you know, if you're a like a, a long-time football quarterback and the idea is you are an expert on everything to do with the offensive ball, offensive side of the ball. Like, I think Peyton Manning, if he wanted to coach, I don't think he'd do a good job because I think he'd be frustrated at how much worse all the players were, which is why great, co- great players usually aren't great coaches. It'd be very frustrating to him that guys couldn't do what he could do and didn't put in the time that he put in and couldn't see the throws that they needed to make. But I could see Peyton Manning being like a Steve Spurrier-type coach if he wanted to uh, because his knowledge of the offensive side of the ball is so advanced. Uh, But there are relatively few guys I could see coming in and being almost immediately great coaches. Dion is just not one of them at all. All right, quickly here, before we go to Alex Marvez, what would be your number one draft pick for the weekend in terms of games? Mine, I'm going to start... I'm taking LSU, uh, Bama. I'm going down there this uh, this evening, driving down to Tuscaloosa to be ready for this game on Saturday, taking my nine-year-old. I think it's going to be an incredible scene, an insane atmosphere. Uh, it'll be great on television, but it'll be even better there. So I'm taking LSU-Bama as my number one draft pick this weekend. I don't think it's difficult. What about you, Danny G? And really quick, what wound up happening with your sixth grader? Are you going to take him as no. well? Oh, no. Okay. We had that conversation. He said, for people who missed it uh, earlier this week, I was going to take both my boys, but I said the sixth grader, my my so my third grader is a huge, has turned into a huge Alabama football fan. And that in and of itself is challenging for somebody like me who grew up a fan of Tennessee, which is one of the top mm-hmm. rivals of Alabama. So, uh, you know, my grandfather played for Tennessee. This is in the blood. Somehow my son, because Tennessee's so bad at football, has adopted Alabama, and I've allowed it to happen, and I'm not really even that happy with that. But So he's a huge Alabama fan, and I want to take him to a game because I think at nine years old, he'll remember this game for the rest of his life, uh, and it's really a cool environment. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. But I also have an 11-year-old, and uh, the 11-year-old, I sat down with him, and I said, okay, you're welcome to go too, but he roots for Clemson. And the reason why he roots for Clemson is not because he's a huge Clemson fan. It's because he's a hater. He roots against his brother's team. So his brother is an Alabama fan, so he roots for the only team that has consistently been able to beat Alabama. And so I said, so if you go, you can't root for LSU just despite your brother. And Dub floated the idea of buying him off, but he was like, that would even work with him. He's like, no, I can't do it, Dad. I will root for LSU because I want my brother to be sad and I want his team to lose uh, in the ultimate hater. But to his credit, he recognized it, and I was like, I'm not dealing with that. I'm not going to be dad sitting between two brothers who are fighting with each other the entire time with what these tickets are going to cost. So I was like, all right, you stay back. 
we'll do something you and me that'll be fun that you'll want to do later but i'm just going to take the nine-year-old so it's just the wow. two of us. gotta respect your sixth grader for not taking a payoff yeah and also for his self-awareness on you know what dad i can't do it i can't go and not root against alabama so uh, i respect that too the obvious game of the weekend is lsu alabama that's what i'm most excited for but for the purposes of this segment because we're drafting so you took that already i can't take it i'll go to the nfl it's pretty obvious Giants, Jets. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm looking at Panthers, Packers. And the reason why, I want to see how the Pack bounce back after that really bad loss being blown out last week by the Chargers. And then the Panthers, obviously Christian McCaffrey having an MVP-type season. And will Kyle Allen take full control of that quarterback job now with Cam Newton on the shelf for the rest of the season? All right, what about you, Dub? All right, since those two are off the board, I'm going to go with Vikings-Cowboys. we got to see if Kirk yeah. Cousins can bounce back off a really bad loss on the road against Matt Moore in Kansas City. Can he get it done in prime time? I'm looking forward to that one on Sunday night. Good stuff. What about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? What game are you drafting? You know, I, I would like to go Minnesota-Penn State. I think Penn State's going to blow them out, though, unfortunately. I'm rooting for the Gophers to actually get a huge win, but I don't, I don't think that's going to be a competitive game. So even though it's even though it's not the weekend, can I take the Monday night game, the Seahawks at the 49ers? I don't know. That's such a questionable move by you to go outside of the weekend. All right, then I will take Penn State, Minnesota. All right, all right. And Roberto, you have almost nothing left. What are you drafting? <laughs> uh, Vikings, Cowboys. Yeah, the same game that's already drafted. Wait, no, you got to draft something else. To, oh, uh, I'm going to go with the Raiders Thursday night replay game <laughs> on NFL Network. On NFL Network. Oh, that's awesome. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Rivers is back into the gun, and he is going to throw on this down. Fires high, intercepted again. Picked off, returned to the 40. Down the sideline, 20-yard line. Here comes Eric Harris going in all the way. Touchdown, Raiders. At Alex Marvez on Twitter. Appreciate you rolling in, my man. Let's start with what happened last night. Where do the Chargers go from here with Phillip Rivers? Now it looks like they're out of the running almost for playoffs, given the fact that they just fell to four and six. They got a game against the Chiefs coming up down in Mexico. Phillip Rivers, unrestricted free agent, the brand new stadium, the rumors of London. It's been a wild week for the Chargers. What in the world does this franchise do? I mean, you know, look, with Rivers, I, I know he wants to keep playing. The question becomes, too, does Philip want to go back to the L.A. Chargers? The, their inability to re-sign him has really created an interesting dynamic here, right? And let's say you're the Tennessee Titans, and, and you know, Philip obviously from the south and, you know, closer to his, where his family lives in Alabama. Does he want to uproot him and his 14 kids and <laughs> go from California out to Tennessee? I mean, it's a tough decision. I mean, you're talking about someone who really is entrenched in that community. And, you know, is very much an active father with his kids. Yeah, you know, as we all know, he takes a car service every day from his home in, in San Diego up to, you know, the practice facility in Costa Mesa. So, you know, that's a question. Do the Chargers want him back? We cannot put – look, Phillip Rivers was not good last night. The offensive line was worse. The play calling was even worse in the final minute of that game. How do you, with three timeouts left, do what the Chargers did? In the final two minutes, they never used a single timeout. Yeah, this was a team that looked like they. And if, listen, it's a first-time play caller as well in Shane Steichen, who's who was promoted to the OC job. Maybe they could have brought back Ken Wisenhunt just for one drive, but it was a team that was out of sorts. Listen, with Rivers though, let's wait and see. You know, I would assume the Chargers want him back. There's no franchise quarterback in the offing there, unless you consider Easton Stick 
of North Dakota State, that guy. But, you know, it's not like there's someone waiting in the wings to replace Phillip Rivers, but a team that clearly regressed this year, and I think injuries in the Melvin Gordon contract hold out big parts of that. All right, so challenges for the Chargers. The other news I thought that was really interesting, Cam Newton officially goes to IR. We had a lot of discussion about this this week. How many teams do you think would be interested in signing Cam to be their starter, and I would include the Carolina Panthers there in 2020. Yeah, and that was interesting with Carolina, right? It's, first, you know, it depends, and I would assume this team's going to make the playoffs at that point, and I'm, I'm going to assume that, uh, you know, Ron Rivera coming back, Marty Herney coming back. We'll see what type of commitment they get. So the question becomes this Can Cam Newton at age 31, which is what it'll be next year, and obviously coming off a litany of injuries, number one, can he take you to where he wants to be? Number two, how good do you feel as an organization with how Cam Newton? will mentally handle going into the final year of his contract. I mean, that's the whole thing, because there's going to be immense pressure on Cam, and does he handle that well, knowing that if he doesn't perform with the Panthers, well, you know what? I mean, you know, then he's out. I mean, and do the Panthers think that he can, you know, hand, you know can, what do they think about him moving forward? So but, you don't think the Panthers cut him? I, I don't know yet. Yeah. I don't know. Look, let's see what Kyle Allen does. It's, just, it's a weird thing philosophically. I mean, to me, you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound, right? Do you really let Cam Newton go into the final year of his contract? And what I'm saying is his mental prep. Cam's never had this before. And you've got to go back to college, right, since the last time he was a backup at the University of Florida, you know, pre-laptop steal. I mean, that's what you're looking at here with Cam Newton. I mean, he's always been the guy. Well, what if there are questions about if you are the guy? And one thing the Panthers have done, too, they're showing how this offense can operate more efficiently in some ways with Kyle Allen. What they've done now, they put Kyle Allen under center. And, and it's led to Christian McCaffrey having some of the biggest games of his career because Norv Turner is operating the offense differently. Norv did a lot of adjusting to accommodate Cam. You see a lot more shotgun when he's on the field, and McCaffrey not as effective running out of the shotgun as he is right now. And if the Panthers want to keep playing that type of offense with Christian McCaffrey, well, do you want a quarterback who can take a snap from under center? Not sure if that's Cam Newton's strength. Long story short, Clay, we've got to wait and see on this one. I don't know, you know, teams that are looking for quarterbacks, so many teams have their franchise guy. You know, I mean, we could talk about it. what does Tampa Bay do with Jameis Winston? Does Tennessee try to bring back Ryan Tannehill? How many quarterbacks come out in the draft, and there should be at least three or four that are being taken, and some of these teams drafting at the top are going to be, you know, obviously being able to fill their needs there. What does Cincinnati do right now? Is it Ryan Finley? We can't anticipate Andy Dalton being back. I mean, Denver. They've got a situation, a quarterback as well. Who's going to be their guy? Drew Locke doesn't look anywhere near being ready to play. So I just think there's so much in play right now for Cam Newton. But, you know, it's just too early to project where he could potentially start if he's no longer with the Panthers. What do you think about – so we were just talking about this off the top. You're a Florida Gator fan. Let's pause on NFL talk for a second. Did you see the N. Rappaport uh, report about potentially Deion Sanders as a Florida State Seminole head coach? <laughs> I did. I am so hoping they make that move. Yeah. I really am. That would be absolutely fantastic. I, look, and, and of course, you know, you might talk to someone. I think you, in fact, had a report about Jason Witten yeah, uh, right. being courted by the uh, University of Tennessee. And, you know, for people and anyone that, that tries to poo poo that report, Clay was 100% accurate with everything that he was saying. And there are some inside the Cowboys organization who I'm told believe Jason Witten could be a very fine head coach someday if he decided to embark upon that role at some point post playing career. So, all yeah. that being said, I don't dismiss miss this but let, let's think about this for real 
I mean, do you, I mean, does Deion Sanders even understand the type of commitment that's involved in being a coach, let alone all the other things that come with it? You know, it, it's really amazing how far that program has fallen. I don't think Deion Sanders is the answer. I think if Deion calls and says, hey, I'd love to be considered for this job, maybe because he's such a prominent alumni, you give him the interview, but let's get real here. I think the guy that's real interesting to watch in all this is Mike Leach. And I know that there are people that are going to bat for Mike, trying to get, you know, look, he knows he's plateaued at Washington State. Yep. Florida State would be able to play some really strong, fun football if they were able to get Mike Leach. Of course, keep an eye on the, on the usual suspects, but Mike Leach to me is a very interesting guy in all I, this. I agree. I think that would be an incredible hire and an interesting hire. I also think uh, another guy down in Florida, Lane Kiffin, uh, would be potentially an intriguing move as well. Uh, all right, let's go back to the NFL. I just wanted to get your thoughts as a Gator and also somebody who knows uh, Dion and everything else surrounding that FSU program. Uh, let's go to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, do you expect him to be 100% effectively when he plays this weekend? Because it seems like he's going to play against the Titans. Yeah, and I don't think they'd put him out there otherwise, right? He's got to be able to move. I mean, Tennessee's got a pretty solid defense. You, you know, you have to count on him and that knee being stable. But getting the full week of practice is great. And look, congratulations to the Chiefs for all the subterfuge, right? Driving people crazy. Is, is he going to even be active? And then at the end of the week saying, no, he's a healthy scratch. But you'll see, you'll see Patrick Mahomes out there. And I would imagine he's going to be okay. I really do. I just don't. I don't think you you risk the long term future of your franchise quarterback by putting him out there if he's not ready. Antonio Brown had another meltdown <laughs> yesterday on Twitter. We haven't even hardly talked about it. Uh, I mean, I talked about it some on Outkick the Show, but I mean, the guy is just. I mean, it, it's just an abject disaster at this point. What are you hearing, if anything, in NFL circles? I mean, he's talented enough that reports are that the Seahawks looked at him before they decided yeah. to go with Josh Gordon and ultimately just decided he wasn't they weren't able to make that move. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, a couple things about that with the Seahawks. So they were interested in him before when he was with the Oakland Raiders and then waived. The thing was that they were interested in potentially a deal with minimum salary yeah. and then a bunch of incentives to be able to jack it up. And it just never, you know, obviously when New England threw all that guaranteed money at him, it was a no-brainer for Antonio Brown to make that move. Now maybe the Seahawks have scratched their itch with Josh Gordon, but you never know. That's almost a minute-to-minute proposition. And Antonio Brown is going to be appealing to a team that is looking to add, you know, some firepower for the postseason because you're not making a long-term commitment to him, right? And Antonio just wants to get his foot back in the door but when you say f the nfl and you go on twitter like this i mean how does a team trust you not to become completely unhinged down the road and that's why i think that look i'm not going to discount the possibility of an antonio brown signing and any team can sign him right now by the way there's no nothing prohibiting a team from signing him the one thing that you have to worry about is does he immediately go on the commissioner's exempt list as far as where we are with you know with the off-field stuff. Now, if he does indeed follow through on this meeting next Thursday you know, with the NFL, I think a couple things may become clear. You know, is he going to be suspended you know, or commissioner's exemplist? So does a team have more clarity after Antonio Brown meets with the NFL? Clay, you know how this goes, man. One team suffers an injury, a wide receiver. They're desperate to make a push, and they'll say, we'll take on Antonio Brown as a short-term project. So I don't dismiss him being in the NFL this year. But he's doing nothing right now to help himself. Yeah, there's. It, it's just an unbelievable story to follow. I mean, it really is with what Sad. he's done. And and frankly, if social media didn't exist, I think he's probably got forty million dollars more in his back pocket. I mean, this is a sign of what can go wrong uh, with social media. All right, as we roll into the weekend in the NFL, what else should we be aware of that you think is an important story? Well, I mean, look, we got to see Kirk Cousins. Does he finally get over the hump in terms of winning against a, a quality opponent? And that's been Kirk Cousins. He's just not a great, you know, primetime quarterback. He's two nine and one 
against teams that are, are above 500 at the time of the game. That's since joining the Vikings in 2018. He has just come up small. He's 0-4 career-wise against Dak Prescott as well. So is this guy, I mean, and I know we, we talk so much about Kirk Cousins, and listen, he's played some great football as of late, but regressed last week a little bit against the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, how are we going to see that? Monday Night Football, I mean, huge. San Francisco, Seattle, and this is really might be Seattle's last chance to, to catch the 49ers if they don't win this game. And, of course, San Francisco getting a little bit healthier, but George Kittle, not sure about his status. Russell Wilson on his MVP track, 22 TDs, one interception. I think that's a monster matchup as well, Clay. So those, those are really the big things, and, of course, Kareem, Hunt coming back for the Cleveland Browns. Fantasy player is going to be very interested in that. Ryan Finley making his first start for the Cincinnati Bengals. Good luck, kid. You're going to need it. Good stuff as always. Alex Marvez, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, brother. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks 
tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we were just talking with Alex Marvez about Antonio Brown, who tweeted yesterday uh, and later apologized for this tweet. Imagine, I'm going to have to read it, and I'm going to try to avoid uh, committing an FCC violation reading it. Imagine conforming to a system giving it 100% to see them treat me like this is unfairly. Making money off my sweat and blood, F the NFL, I'll never play in that crap, other word, treat black people the worst, clear my name, and go F yourself. None of it makes sense here as you run through it. But I honestly believe if you are looking at signing Antonio Brown, if I were a GM, if I were an owner, if I were a coach, I would tell Antonio Brown, if we sign you, you deactivate your Instagram and your Twitter accounts and don't send a single message while you are working with us. That's a condition of employment. Some of you out there may say, that's crazy. I think that Antonio Brown has got mental health issues that he needs to get addressed. And I also think that spending time on social media is bad for him. I think it leads to him behaving in a totally emotional way, which leads to irrational and illogical behavior. The reason why the Patriots released him was because he was sending all sorts of crazy DMs about the woman who was one of his uh, one of the women who had alleged that he had behaved inappropriately with him and this desire to blame his race for his treatment. Look, the NFL is not perfect. No business, no institution created by humans is perfect. But there has never been a business in the history of the world that has created more black millionaires than the NFL. I want you to think about that for a minute. In the history of the world, no business has ever made more black men wealthy than the NFL. Accusing it of racism because you are a knucklehead is just further evidence that Antonio Brown, I think, has got major mental issues and probably doesn't have anybody sitting down and speaking truth to him. And that's why I would say to him, look, if we're going to bring you into this locker room, you already know that even before he started to lose his mind, 
he went into the Pittsburgh Steeler locker room and streamed live from Facebook during their Mike Tomlin speech after they beat the Chiefs as they got ready, I think it was, for the New England Patriots. And that's already been an issue. All of the tweets that he has sent since then have certainly spiraled into a major issue. This is something that I would insist on as a part of a condition of his employment. Now, I'm not sure if anybody's going to sign him. I don't think it's going to happen this year. If there's a resolution of some form or fashion for the NFL's investigation, then maybe somebody will sign him next year. But I would make as a condition of his employment, you deactivate your Instagram accounts, your Twitter accounts, your Facebook accounts, no social media, none at all. We want you to focus on football. If you're going to be an emotional, mercurial guy, we understand that. There's a lot of diva-wide receivers in this league, but we can't have you going out and hopping on social media and saying illogical and ridiculous things every other post and the whole team have to respond to it. We're just not going to deal with it. I think that's the only way Antonio Brown ever returns to the league. And I think that potentially with those parameters in place, he might be able to return to the league and actually be successful. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. How's the uh, hotel, Joel Klatt? The hotel is great. Columbus is one of our, our really good ones. So Yeah, it's a decent-sized yeah, city. Uh, so a couple things uh, off the top that were news uh, came out last night. When you saw or heard that Florida State is looking at Deion Sanders to be their next coach, potentially, this is according to Ian Rappaport, uh, your response was what? Of course. As in they're, they're, they, because they're falling apart in their coaching search? Yeah, I mean, this is this is the problem, and and there's actually a reason, I think. It's, listen, and you know what? If, if they do, <laughs> I mean, I've got my, my questions about it, but I hope it succeeds for them. Uh, it's also it incredibly for entertaining for what we do if Dion ended up being sure. the coach. Like, I would root for you that bet. because it's going to be an abject disaster or somehow it ends up being a home run, right? It's like and swinging for the tips if, of your toes. If you're our age – you know, how many guys our age was he, like, their favorite athlete? A like, lot. Of, yes. A lot, right? A lot. I mean, he certainly was up there for me. There's no doubt. So I'm going to, listen, I'm going to be very interested, and, and I've got my doubts if that's the case, but uh, I hope that it works out for them. Um, but here's the, the other point about this is that coaching searches turn into this and devolve into a pile of rumors when you've got to get boosters involved to pay some exorbitant buyout yeah. number. You know, so they had to pay the, reportedly $20 million to have Willie Taggart not coach. Um, I'm sure that they were still paying some sort of buyout to Oregon, by the way. Now they're going to have to pay somebody else's buyout or hire someone that's never coached like Deion Sanders. But, Clay, from my position, in order to do like. Florida State doesn't have $20 million sitting in the bank. See, that's the problem with these programs is that they've got to operate near the red. And the reason is is because if they operate too much in the black year over year, then the drumbeat of pay the players would get way too loud, even though it's pretty loud anyways. And, and, and so there's this illusion that they've got to operate somewhere near, you know, break-even point. So they hire... Uh, 
incredible amounts of staff and they spend money on capital projects and so on and so forth. And, and so when it comes point to like pony up a check like this, they've got to get outside donors involved. Everybody does. Well, when that happens, what are those people paying that money for? Not just love of program. They're, they're paying it for influence. They're paying it for power. And those people want power so that others will see them have it. See, this is the problem when boosters are involved in a coaching search, athletic director search, so on and so forth, is that there's always going to be rumors because the reason they're in the room in the first place is so others will see them there. <laughs> so they want to talk about it. So when you have to pay a, a giant buyout, the coaching search that follows generally is going to devolve into some pile of rumors and it's going to get messy. Also, when you fire a coach with this many weeks left in the season, right? This was my argument. You could decide that you don't want Willie Taggart, and I think they're afraid that he beats BC, he beats the bad team they play next, and you know they get to 6-6 six and six and they're bowl eligible, and then everybody says, how do you fire a guy who's bowl eligible in year two? The team's gotten better, right? That's what they were afraid of. But when you fire the coach with this many weeks left, it creates that void of leadership, creates the opportunity in this vacuum and this rumor mill to really take off. Well, exactly. But the coaches, and, and candidly, they've done this all to themselves because now there's this sense of urgency that if you wait until the end of the season, you can't salvage a recruiting class. Yeah. It used to be like you could make a change and then you would have a month or two to go out there and save or salvage the recruiting class. Now, with the early signing period, almost every program that's worth their salt is getting every single player that they need signed in December. Right. And so there's very little left to go out there and save. And if you miss an entire cycle of recruiting, it's just going to continue to put your school and your program behind the A-ball in future years. No, there's no doubt. All right, so you were in Columbus there are reports out there, and I'm not an expert on, you know, like assessing the viability of different Ohio State media sources, but there right. are reports that Chase Young's eligibility could be in question. Do you think there's any truth to that? Obviously, it would be a huge part of your story. Have you seen those reports at least? Um, I have, and I, I will tell you that um, – I don't have anything concrete, but I'm I'm believing it more and more every minute. Yeah. So um, you woke up for people out there who don't know. There is a report, and I'll just I'll give the credit to the place that has put this report out there because um, it is getting a uh, a lot of attention. Uh, this is from, um, and then this is a guy that I've read over the years, but Letterman Row, which is a website that covers Ohio State. And Austin Ward, who is a reporter that has covered multiple teams, and, uh, and I've read his stuff before, tweeted about 20 minutes ago, uh, breaking, Chase Young will miss the Maryland game, and the Ohio State superstar is facing an indefinite suspension for an NCAA rules violation. Multiple sources confirmed to Letterman Row. Uh, now, again, this thing just came out a few minutes ago. We're not saying it's 100% true. It is receiving a lot of attention uh, on the uh, on the internet. Uh, now, uh, let's see. Uh, Chase Young, according to 11 Warriors, has said, and now Brett McMurphy has also said it as I follow this uh, story on Twitter. So, 
Uh, Brett McMurphy, who I know well, you know well, I believe as well, Joel. Uh, Ohio State defensive end Chase Young will not play Saturday versus Maryland due to a possible NCAA issue from 2018 that the school is looking into. Uh, so this thing is out there from a lot of different reputable, I would say, sources. What's your thought? I mean, obviously, Ohio State's a you know 42-point favorite or so against Maryland, but this potentially, if it lingers for the Buckeyes, could be pretty massive in terms of their national title, Chase. Well, I don't think that they win a national championship without him. Yeah. Let's just say it that way. I, I think he's, and, and I've said this before, and if he, you know, I think that this is obviously going to hurt this individual award, but I've said he should if not win the Heisman, be in the top two in the Heisman race, because I think he's that good. He's that dominant. Um, he is the best non-quarterback in college football. Um, and then the quarterback, you know, and we've had this argument, you and me, the quarterback is just more important by the nature of the position. Right. Because that's just a dominant force in the game. He is the most dominant player in our sport right now. Um, so this would clearly affect Ohio State now does it affect them this week on the field no and I'm sure that they're going to be working almost harder at trying to get him eligible for the future than they will be on on beating Maryland this week but I don't want to you know I mean it is what it is we all know what what this uh this game is kind of is um I guess the only thing that I would add is and this is this is nothing concrete it could have been just you know I I was told that I was at practice, and I was told that some guys were resting, and I didn't see him participate much. Let's uh, just say that. That's interesting. Uh, was also would start to be like a curse. Now Nick Bosa pulled himself out, uh, but right. you know, like Nick Bosa, well, I he think, had that abdomen, abdomen yeah, right. injury, and, and then, just decided you know, not to come was, back. Correct. When when he was said to be healthy, uh, Dad pulled him out of school, and and they said, okay, we're going to the NFL. And I've said, listen, I've had this conversation frankly and directly with Ryan Day. And I told him, and I, you know, Clay, I know that we banter back and forth and everything, but I do like to like to think that, like, I have a really good idea of, of which, which teams actually have a legit national championship, you know, title in them. Yeah. Ohio State does this year. Yeah. They absolutely do. I, I still think, and I've seen every team, both on film and, and live uh, to some degree, and I, I, they, I think they're the best team. They're the most complete team. That's why they were number one in the in the playoff rankings. Now that doesn't mean they're going to win the national championship. Clearly, and they haven't been tested to a, to a certain degree. But I told Ryan Day right to his face. I said, "Listen, I I think that there's only a couple of things that could get in your way. Obviously, injuries, in particular at the key positions, and the NFL. Yeah, you know, and this would be in that NFL bucket. Whether they're, you know, his players are are focusing on the NFL or something along these lines. So we'll see what happens. Listen, I hope for college football's sake, I hope for Chase's sake, for Ohio State's sake, and for all of our sake, so that we can see the best teams at full strength play each other. I hope that this is not true and they can get it cleared up. Right? I mean, but I don't. I think that it takes a, a special kind of of fan for a particular team to be like, oh, I hope this is true. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I think most college football fans want the best teams and the best players to be able to compete at the highest possible level. And if you're just waking up with us re- listening right now, multiple reports out there that Chase Young is being uh, held out of the game tomorrow against Maryland. 
and that his season could be in jeopardy over, according to Brett McMurphy most recently, a 2018 NCAA-related issue. All right, so that story is out there in a game, frankly, that isn't that interesting in terms of what the expected outcome is because Ohio State's a 42-point favorite. Two games that are absolutely massive and set up potentially four games that you could call down the line, particularly Minnesota on the road against, sorry, Penn State on the road against Minnesota, LSU on the road against Alabama. Which underdog in your mind, Minnesota or LSU, has a better chance to pull off the upset? I think LSU uh, would have the better chance. I think that Minnesota is pretty decently overmatched in this game, whereas I think LSU and Alabama are pretty evenly matched. Um, And we still don't know exactly how effective and healthy Tua is going to be. Right. Now, they say that he's going to be okay and play. That's well and good. We need to see exactly how effective he is. Remember, it was 28 days after the surgery that he played last year um, in the college football playoff. And this year, it's going to be 20 days. And I've spoken to a couple of different doctors around the country who have done this surgery. And they've they've all told me that it's like, listen, that 19, 20, 21 days is like the earliest possible that you could get back on the field. So this is going to be close as far as his effectiveness and his ability to run around. Uh, For for that reason, I think LSU certainly has, I would say, the better chance than than a team like Minnesota, even though Minnesota is at home and they clearly will be playing with a lot of emotion and passion. But LSU has a great quarterback, great passing game, and Alabama, when they do get beat in this run of, of dominance and, and just superiority that they've had in college football, it takes teams that have that ability to get out there and throw it and, and get into a shootout with them, and LSU certainly has that ability. All right, uh, let's go into uh, that game a little bit more. Do you buy into now, with the Chase Young uncertainty, that basically Joe Burrow to uh, Tagovailoa Whichever one of these guys has the better game and whose team probably wins, because I do think that'll factor in, they would be the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. In other words, this could be a duel to determine who wins the Heisman Trophy on Saturday in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, yeah, certainly with with the the Chase Young. I thought Chase had a great chance and had the stages down the stretch, in particular Penn State, then Michigan, then the Big Ten Championship game right before the vote. Whereas, you know, these SEC teams won't necessarily have those stages outside of the SEC championship game. But with this, with that being said, Burrow has always kind of maintained his, I don't want to say advantage, but he's been right there. Whereas Tua, I've been questioning the health, uh, clearly. If he comes back and is healthy and plays great and they win, he's going to vault himself right up into that category. Burrow clearly is there. If he plays well, he's going to continue to be uh, a guy right at the top of that Heisman poll. So, I don't think it's concrete, but I would say 90% yes, that the winner of this game, the guy that plays the best, is going to have uh, the best opportunity to go on and win the trophy. We're talking to Joel Klatt. Follow him on Twitter, at Joel Klatt. He's calling tomorrow the Maryland-Ohio State game. Lots of news. Chase Young supposedly being held out, according to multiple reports. Uh, Star defensive end, challenger to be maybe the number one overall draft pick, depending on which team is drafting first. Uh, in uh, the NFL draft come the spring. Okay, let's go back into that uh, LSU game a little bit more. If you are an LSU fan and you could wave a magic wand and guarantee that your team would lose 34-31 late Alabama touchdown to win this game, 
don't you have to sign up for that because an 11-1 LSU team that closes with Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and Arkansas, unlikely to lose any of those three, and 11-1 LSU, I think, would almost stamp, and a close loss on the road in Tuscaloosa, would almost stamp a playoff berth for themselves? I don't think you want to sign up for a guarantee. I think you're going to say, like, if you lose, you know, would you sign up for 34-31? <laughs> I yeah. think is, is the better way. Because let's face it, as, as unlikely as it is, I still really believe that the committee is not leaving out an undefeated Power 5 champ, which right. leaves Baylor out there, right, as, as the smallest of possibilities. That but they then, could go 13-0. and that's right. And then I think that you also want to avoid, and, and I don't want to get into these concretes where they're like, hey, yeah, absolutely, LSU is going to go regardless. Because at that point, even with their loss to Auburn, Oregon may be on a 12-game winning streak, have won 10 Pac-12 football games, go 10-0 and in conference play, nine in the regular season, one in the conference championship game, which has never been done before, Clay, uh, for these conferences that play nine and then a championship game. And I think the committee, if they wanted to, their AD, by the way, is the chairman of the committee, and if they wanted to, they could look at the wide receivers and the health of the wide receivers more specifically and say not only was Juwan Johnson not healthy, he was going to turn into their best wide receiver here down the stretch, but they didn't have Micah Pittman, who is Michael Pittman's brother. They didn't have um, um, uh, oh, the tight end. I'm blanking his name. I think it's Max McKinney or something along those lines. McKenzie. Um, they were banged up in that game and were missing some of the wide receivers and then only trailed for nine seconds. I'm not trying to give them a pass for the loss. I'm just saying, if, if, if you see them honor the conference championship more this year and schedules more this year, I, I, I think you'd be in a big debate at that point. And I think LSU wants to avoid that. I think Alabama can't lose, to be honest with you, with their schedule. And so they're going to have to win this game. Whereas LSU, will they have the ability to lose and go? Absolutely, there's no doubt. Is it guaranteed? I don't think so. So if, if you're an LSU fan, sign up for a win. You know, <laughs> Because that's the only way that you can guarantee yourself a spot at the table. And by the way, if you're an Oregon fan, if you're a Utah fan listening to us this morning, if you're an Oklahoma fan, I think you're right about Baylor if they were to go 13-0. and But maybe if you're a Baylor fan thinking your team might go 12-1, and you want LSU to win, and you want LSU to go 13-0 and because it would eliminate everybody else potentially in the SEC uh, if everything didn't break well. Alabama 11-1 and could still be in the mix, but you don't need uh, you know LSU to go 13-0. and You need that. You don't need Alabama to go 12-0 and and lose to Georgia, which could potentially get two in that way as well. You want 13-0 and LSU to be the only SEC team. I, I totally agree, and, and I would want – LS or excuse me, Ohio State to dominate Penn State. That's yeah. the other one that we're not talking about is that Penn State, what if they lose by one on the road? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so this is this is going to get interesting down the stretch, there's no doubt. But the team that I think has the best chance that's not in the top four, and Clemson, listen, we all know, Clemson goes undefeated therein. If we're talking about the other teams, right, the Georgias, the Penn States of the world, the Oregon, Utah, Oklahomas of the world – I, I think that the team with the best chance would be Oregon because of the things that I just discussed. Good stuff as always, Joel Klatt. Final segment next on OutKick. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, oh. 
you need parts o'reilly auto parts has parts need them fast we've got fast no matter what you need we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability just one part that makes o'reilly stand apart the professional parts people oh 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 o'reilly auto parts at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare rev up your thrills this summer at cedar point on the all-new top thrill 2 drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple launch vertical speedway and now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 